0: Hey, how's it going? Welcome to the first of many podcasts dedicated to dads and daughters. I'm your host, Narvin Alley, and I'll be walking you through a journey of um, parenting daughters from a dad's perspective. Um, This is a topic that I've been passionate about for many, many years, Um, and I do feel that the relationship between dads and daughters is a beautiful one. And is an important one, um, specifically for daughters. Um, dads play a, a critical part in their development and in their growth, and the cultivation of self-esteem. Um, and and dads play an important part in raising the expectation of life for their daughters. Um, in the in the recent, especially in today's day and age, there are so many reasons why having dad as a strong role model and a strong support is important Um, for instance with the influence of the internet with the influence of social media specifically um, and just general technology children including daughters um, are around continuously the potential for being more detached from family and for more detached from meaningful relationships and let's face it, um, for a daughter, uh, their dad is the first man in their life, and the first man that she'll love uh, in her entire life. So you could just just think about that for a second. How quintessential a dad's role is in his daughter's life. Um, well, part of the reason why I'm so passionate about this topic is because I've got two daughters of my own. Um, Samina's seven, Rihanna's five. They are brilliant and beautiful. Um, and in becoming, when I became a dad in the beginning, oh, I just said the tripod. When I just, when I became a dad in the beginning, I quickly realized that I had zero training on how to be a dad to my daughters. And so I embarked on this journey within myself to try to understand where my feelings were and how to navigate through those, how to be more mindful about myself and also to understand from a developmental perspective, um, from a parenting perspective, um, how to build and cultivate a strong relationship with my girls. Um, like I said, they're brilliant and beautiful. Uh, I've been fortunate enough that they're healthy, and I'm thankful for that. And they are—we've built such a strong relationship that we can navigate through difficulties with relative ease. Um, and use that um, use that, that strong relationship to embark on so many different things together, so many different activities to challenge them, to challenge me, um, and, and further build upon the relationship that we've got. So it's really great. And I'm hoping through this podcast to impart some of my learnings uh, through my experiences and through much of the research that I've done and applied research as well, uh, to parenting uh, to to the listeners out there, with hopes that you can also have and share the beautiful relationship with your daughters uh, like i said i 've got a, a five year old and a seven year old and and I started my parenting journey uh, with attachment theory. Um, uh, a really great mentor of mine, Russell, uh, put me onto uh, an article. Many years ago by a man, Robert Karen on summarizing attachment theory. Um, for those of you out there that may not be familiar, attachment theory is a, it's a parenting style that was researched very heavily and very brilliantly by a woman, Mary Ainsworth, probably around the 60s. And she looked at the way that parents interacted with their kids. And and in doing so was able to categorize attachment into four different categories. I'm not going to I'm not going to spoil it for you because the next podcast is is going to focus on attachment theory. However, I I really became passionate about attachment theory because cultivating a relationship with with a zero year old, a one year old, a two year old, a three year old, there's no manual for it. There's no there's no lived experience for it. I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm aware that Parenting styles, generation to generation, have been. Uh, there are some better than others, and and if you're out there and you're fortunate enough to have had mindful, loving parents, great, 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 great. Um, what I'm trying to do is is for those out there that um, that didn't have that, or looking for a different approach, or just looking for a different perspective on parenting uh, from uh, for dads. This podcast will be able to uh, address some of that um so I learned attachment theory uh, pretty quickly and and it made it made sense to me Um, and I applied it with my daughters from an early from an early age now the interesting thing is that the the work on attachment theory was primarily focused uh, with moms attaching to their children Um, and I guess when I read it I I said to myself wow why can't dads do that too? And in doing so, in applying some of the teachings, uh, some of the learnings from Mary Ainsworth, uh, I really quickly found that it was so effective in helping my helping me cultivate a relationship with my daughters um, that was meaningful and that was respectful and, uh, and and was rooted in a lot of love. Um, from the get-go, after I read the attachment theory, I, I, I was fortunate enough to be able to work an afternoon shift and at the same time uh, be at home with my oldest daughter in the day. And I enrolled her in this uh, group called Mornings for Mommies, which is at a local church. Uh, we didn't go there for the spiritual or for the religious reasons. It was just that's where it was held, and a good friend of mine was uh, taking her daughter there. So I decided to tag along a few times, and it was a neat program. I uh, would take the take Samina there, and we would she would go play with other kids, and and I get to talk to other parents, primarily moms. Well, they were all moms, and uh, what I did notice was that they had a um, they had a speech uh, or a series of speeches every every week to um, on different topics, and the moms would all volunteer and do different speeches on uh, on parenting and different topics, and I thought it was really great. So what did I do? I signed up to do a speech. My speech was on attachment theory. And so uh I let them know. I did my research. I have my notes and, and all that kind of jazz. And I was hoping to wow the socks off all these moms. Oh, here's a dad that's trying to be like a mom and, and trying to, you know, passionate about parenting. Well, got there, did the speech. Um, oh, before I even get into that. Uh, the speech that was done before me was a, was a woman probably in her 40s um very very great great passionate woman did a speech on um on nutrition and uh without going into de- many details, I could tell you that she was uh, no pun intended out to lunch she didn 't exactly know what she was talking about and i 'm sure i've got a i 've got a background in sciences and a bit of a background in psychology as well and and hearing her speak. I wasn't too convinced that she knew exactly what she was talking about but nevertheless I saw the support that the group gave to her and I thought oh you know what my speech is not going to be so bad as I was on next so lo and behold I went up and I spoke about attachment theory and one uh, one tenant of attachment theory is to give to your child uh, your full attention to address their emotional needs uh, that doesn't need, necessarily need mean you have to address their all of their needs. The example that I gave is that if you're, you know, if your child is asking you to do something and you can't, respond by giving them your full attention, the whites of your eyes, the whites of your teeth with a smile, um, kind words, kind gestures and letting them know that uh, that you can't do what they want at that moment. However, you'll do it later on or, you know, letting them know that yeah, you'll do what they're asking just for instance the example that i gave was playing uh going to play or going to play ball um and giving giving your child the entire your entire focus and saying yeah we can do that we just do that a little after as soon as i'm done what i'm doing um so at the end i had a question and answer period and i had one woman put up her hand and basically did the the whole three finger snap and all did everything except that you know that well what you're trying to tell me is that if my kid if i'm in the middle of cooking and my kid comes up to me and wants to play you're saying that i'm gonna have to stop what i'm doing she completely missed the entire point however uh i gently explained that no Here, here here's what it is um and you just give her the full attention, exactly what I just said, and uh, and she didn't buy it. She wasn't buying it at all, and and that was a learning for me that wow, you know, what it taught me was that attachment theory is counterintuitive. Um, the more you give your child your attention and affection, the less the less that they crave it, and the more secure they feel in going out and exploring the world, and that affords you some time. And some space to start to do your own thing, to take care of your own chores and tasks. But it happens in reverse. And it was neat. My learned experience with my daughters is that by by spending the time to connect with them, especially when they have a need, that translates into them being less needy. Fascinating uh, developmental aspects aside, of course, because as everyone with children knows, that you know, today might spaghetti might be their favorite meal, and tomorrow it may not be. And children change on the whim, and, and parents often play a game of catch up. But that's what's beautiful about being a parent is that there's never a dull moment, it's how you frame it. Um, in doing that, uh, in doing that speech, I became more heavily involved in Toastmasters and actually became president of, uh, of Toastmasters chapter. Now, for those out you out there that don't know what, about Toastmasters, it's a wonderful organization dedicated to the personal development of, of, the, of people through public speaking. You learn how to do speeches. You learn how to, how to be passionate about topics. You learn how to um, be passionate about yourself. The, the first speech that you do at Toastmasters is all about you. And you get comfortable being in your own skin in front of others. Uh, there's also a neat aspect of Toastmasters that I encourage everybody to be a part of, which is called Table Topics, where uh, on a whim you're given a topic and you got you have to speak 30 seconds about it off the top of your head. And it's neat because sometimes you might get a topic like, uh, I don't know, melting ice caps. And you have no idea what it's all about. But you can wing it. And it's in the space... Where it's completely comfortable, and uh, and people support you. In in being president for Toastmasters, I was able to influence others positively, and I really appreciated that. Um, in doing so, there were a few women that did speeches about uh, topics on self-esteem, and, and even speaking about themselves growing up. And in a few of the members, I I couldn't help but notice how their their low self-esteem was related to not having a lot of support, and I found that very sad. And then speaking to them personally after, they uh, I found that the type of support that they needed was something that that a dad could give. Um, now I didn't delve into their into their uh, into their. You know, personal history. You know, tell me about your father, and then put them on a couch and uh, and counsel them. But it was just an observation that I made, and it struck me that hey, you know, I could have a positive influence on my daughter in this way to help build her self esteem. Um, in in Toastmasters, I did a few speeches uh, on attachment theory as well. I got to to hone in on that one and, and refine it, and I also got to work on. Uh, working with emotional intelligence. Um, and I think that this is a this is an amazing topic. Um, and I will do a podcast on that, EI for dads and daughters. It is uh, quintessential. I probably said that already, but it is absolutely, it's incredible how increasing your emotional intelligence will make you a better, better man, uh, a better parent, a better partner. Um, and it's not that difficult to do. I uh, I read some books, uh, one by a man, uh, Travis Bradbury. And uh, and I actually did an emotional intelligence test. And for myself at the time, I found that I wasn't really able to figure out the emotions of others. I was pretty aware of my own feelings. Um, but I, I, I wasn't able to tap into how others were feeling, at least quickly enough or accurately. So I immersed myself in... Uh, through some through some recommendations I immersed myself in this program um, or in in this regiment of watching get this watching chick flicks believe it or not watching movies that were emotionally laden and trying to uh, forcing myself to put my to to be in the mind of of some of the characters Um, and I did that for about three or four months so imagine you're watching a movie and and something happens to uh, one of the characters, something negative. And, uh, and then I ask yourself, I wonder how that person's feeling right now. And there's a sensation where in the beginning where the clocks all in your house all stop. Because your mind starts to figure out how this person could be feeling and how does it explain their behavior. Um, and you do so <clears throat> not just based on an event, but also based on their their expressions, their facial expressions, their body language. And after doing that for a while, I was able to increase my emotional intelligence, uh, at least my ability to figure out how other people are feeling. Uh, for dads and daughters out there, I'll tell you, it's having that skill or developing that skill. The only way I could explain it is, is by comparing it to the end of the first movie The Matrix where the the character Neo is, is on the ground and he's essentially been killed but reincar- he's reincarnated as somebody that can see The Matrix, he can see the computer program that creates the entire world. Being able to see and understand other people's emotions is, is no different than that. It's very powerful it's very um, almost emancipating Because you're able to go into a situation that could be difficult. For instance, your daughter's upset and she's being cranky and she's speaking poorly to you. You can go into that rather than reacting to it. You can go into that and respond to the negative feelings that she's expressing. And then help her feel supported. Even though she may be pushing the boundaries. Helping her feel supported. Because at the end of the day... You still love her despite the fact that she may be acting a little out of line. But you want her to know that that your love, that you care about how she feels and if she's feeling bad and she and that's manifesting in different in the way that she's speaking or behaving to others. You want to you want to be able to get in there and and let her know that you create a safe place to, to understand that. So yeah, that's EI. Uh, I'll do a podcast on that. I, I think like I said, I think it's a it's a really it's a great tool for dads to use. Um, moving on from there, I uh, did some volunteer work. I was able to... I was privileged enough to work, uh, do some volunteer work at a shelter for women, uh, for abused women and children in the Toronto area. And uh, what an incredible experience that was. I actually shot a documentary that uh, uh, on some kids that stayed at the shelter. This was... This was neat for me because I was able to see the the result of, of bad dads and, and how how they can so how they can rob children of of the the feeling that the world is a positive place. Uh, I worked with some really resilient some great kids that uh, were unfortunate enough to to be a part uh, to, to have been abused or being a part of abuse from their father. Once again, what that reinforced for me is how important it was for dads to be grounded, grounded in their own feelings, and to and to recognize how the responsibility of managing themselves. Because you may freak out today and think that that's uh, in front of your kids or 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 at your kids and think that that's okay, but you know there's a ripple effect that could happen, and if it happens often enough and severe enough. Uh, those ripples can negatively influence your daughter, and influence the partner that she chooses. Influences her path in life. Um, I'll say this a lot throughout these podcasts that you you are the first man in her life, and you're her first the man first man that she's going to love. Um, every man that she comes across is going to be compared to you. And uh, and hey, say it loud and proud. Hold hold that honor high. You have the ability to to make your your little girl's life as a, a really great make her feel good about herself uh through the good times through the bad times and it 's something that only you can do as a dad uh, as her dad um, so keep that close to your heart i think i'll tell you it motivates me uh whenever my girls do something that make like me that drive me up the wall i you know i I got to take take a few steps back in my mind and a few deep breaths but and remember how much I love them and how much they need me to to be a rock uh and to show show my love to them. Um yeah so doing the volunteer work and doing the documentary brought that enlightenment to me and how important it is for dads to not be abusive um because the ramifications are are irreparable. You, you, it's a bell that you just can't ring, and and you don't even want to go there. Um. After that, I actually volunteered with an organization called Girls Incorporated, and wrote a program for them on dads and daughters, and and a very neat program where dads and daughters would get together and uh, and share some time together in the beginning, and then split apart. And I wrote a program. The dads program was about many of the uh, topics that I'll speak about in this podcast topics related to, um, mindful fathering, uh, topics related to, uh, internet safety and how dads can positively, positively in, in influence that topics. Uh, another topic was, uh, how to connect with your daughter with respect to nutrition. Um, in many cultures, uh, food is love. It's a currency and it's a way that, uh, that parents show their love to their children. um, I heard a saying once uh, when my daughters were born. There was a saying on the uh, on the wall saying that if a baby cries for food, it's already too late. And imagine how hungry you'd have to be to cry for food. I mean, as as an adult, it'd be a little different, but for children, where essentially they react only to their to their feelings. Ah, it's pretty sad to even think about it. But responding to children's needs for food as quickly as possible helps them. Um, helps build that attachment. And this is actually one of the things that Mary Ainsworth studied, and uh, I've spoken spoken a lot about attachment theory. But I can't wait to get into that. Uh, I'm excited about getting into that in the next podcast. Um, at any rate, that was the dad's part of the of the program. There was a few other things I'll get into that uh, at a later date. Uh, but I also wrote a, a daughter's part of the proca- podcast. Uh, sorry, daughter's part of the program. Where they were able to, with other with other girls and, uh, and with a facilitator, um, be able to express what their wants were, what their dreams were, what their career aspirations were, and uh, I, actually what they did is what I did is that I designed it such that they would take a picture of a car. I had this really pink Beetle, um, and I had a spot there. There is a uh, place on the gas tank as their fuel and so they could pick their favorite healthy meals and write it down on that there was a spot for the uh, motor and that was your educational dreams that's the things the educational dreams that they were going to drive to the if they want to be a doctor or a dentist or whatever their career aspirations were that's your that's your engine that's your driver there was a spot on on by the tires where the girls would fill out what their extracurricular activities were uh things to keep them grounded um, and so they would fill out this diagram of the car through their program. The dads on their program would learn about the things that they mentioned, mindful fathering. Um, they would learn about internet safety. Uh, they would learn about, uh, positive communication. And those, those things that we learn about would go on a picture of a bridge. So imagine a bridge with three pillars, a picture of a bridge with three pillars on the bottom and each one of the major topics of the program was a pillar. And at the end of each pro of the of the daughter's program and the father's program, we brought them back together and guess what? We take the picture of the car and we'd stick it on the bridge. And that whole thing goes right on the fridge at home. And it was a way that we the daughters were able to express themselves and write it down and the fathers were able to learn those uh, some important skills to help strengthen the bridge that that relationship could drive on is it cheesy uh possibly It, it, it might might be five or six on the cheesy scale however it was really it's really effective in helping dads and daughters understand how symbiotic their relationship is and how dads can possibly influence daughters and how daughters can uh be okay with being themselves and 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 have their dreams, and wants, um, and and positive wants, like nutrition, have that known. And and dads would have that awareness as well. Anyways, uh, this series of podcasts is going to be structured such that we'll do a topic. Uh, For instance, the next one's going to be on attachment theory. And then afterwards, uh, there'll be uh, an opportunity for... You to send your questions in and for me to uh, to address them, to answer them. I'm really excited to hear about uh, what others, uh, what other questions are out there, what other people think about dads and daughters. Uh, so please uh, send your emails to daddies4daughters at gmail.com. It's all one word, uh, no apostrophe uh, in after daddies. Flip your questions to me and we'll take some time every week to uh to answer your questions. And once again my name is Narvin Alley and uh I thank you all so much for listening and uh we'll see you next week.